Welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Money Podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and with me tonight, we got a full fucking house to do the post-mortem on the 2022 Pittsburgh Riverhounds. It's, uh, yeah, I got six of us rocking the rocking the microphones tonight. Let's introduce them all to you. Uh, first off, you know him. He likes to give you a little pinch. It is uh, a Stevie Storino. What's good, man? How much, man? Who do I pinch? Uh, just the, give him the one air, of these, just, huh? just, you know, yeah, one of them. One of those. Yeah. Oh, it's good here, man. How you doing? I'm pretty good, pretty good. Um, first weekend without a Hounds gaming in a while. What? Uh, how'd you make do? I uh, watched some basketball, watched some hockey. Disappointed in both. Luckily, the Steelers didn't play, so I was really disappointed. But uh, made do. Milan played one over the weekend, lost today, or drew today, I should say. Drew today. But, uh, yeah, I'm getting by. Good. Well, we, uh, we'll talk a little hounds and, and keep keep the hounds in your heart uh, by way of podcast. Also got a Vesti here. Vesti, um, getting to talk to you last week. How, how was how was Halloween? How was the trick-or-treat with the, with the little ones? Pretty good. Um, our neighbor, we live in kind of a urban-ish neighborhood, so a lot of houses packed together, so a lot of... Uh, ample trick-or-treating especially because a couple of streets over is a little more well to do so you get the full-size candy bars nice but yeah it's a good time i saw on twitter you 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 claimed you were taking dad candy tax uh what percentage are you uh are you levying this year um well it's election season so i should probably say something low but in actuality probably like 98 percent. my kids don't really eat candy so it's really them just hustling for me nice I respect that so much. We got a yak here. Yak, uh, your mighty Dukes are still playing some some postseason soccer. How does it make you feel? I am actually very excited for tomorrow. Uh, got a lot of, got a lot of people going to, down to the old Rooney Field, and hopefully it's gonna be packed. Hopefully it's gonna be cold, and hopefully we're gonna get an eight ten title on home turf. Oh, is this? A, uh, I didn't know it's a conference final already. Holy it's, shit! It's not. It's not the final. If they win, they oh. might host it. Okay, okay. That's what that sounds much more realistic. Yeah, good luck. Uh, good going with that. Outside of that, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, uh, Duquesne hoops season is upon us. That's how I pre-gamed this old podcast here. Could never have too many sports in my life, I guess. That's how we. Uh, that's how most of us seem to go. Uh, hanging out on his porch, smoking a cigar. We've got a Seth. What up, Seth? Hey, I finally got a microphone, like a legitimate one. I'm not just trying to rock my AirPods that the dog got and apparently destroyed the microphone on. So I'm actually in the 21st century. I'm a real podcaster now. I'm going to add it to my Twitter bio. Nice. Add to the CV. No, we, uh, I appreciate it. We all appreciate the, the listeners. I'll assume will appreciate it. Or maybe they, uh, they'll be annoyed that we can hear you more clearly now, but say it'll be. And then, uh, certainly not least, although he is coming last, it's a Logan. Sub G. Not the not the first time I've come last. Nothing. Uh, uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing. <laughs> congrats on the sex. Uh, I'm doing well. 
I'm doing well. I feel like every I'm about to say something. Every time I every time for this entire year, I'm about to say something like educational or make me sound intelligent, and then just yep, it just goes completely off the rails. Yeah, that's why I was trying to introduce you last because usually you, you bring some great question <laughs> to the conversation. Can you explain the choice of shirt tonight? Oh, I got the Handy Mukhtar MVP. Man, made me like two thousand dollars this year in goals. So didn't nice. want to buy a jersey, but they dropped the Handy Mukhtar MVP. It's actually a pretty dope shirt. So I. Uh, I went with it tonight. Beautiful. Well, gentlemen, uh, as you all know, the, the 2022 Riverhound season has come to a close, and it's time for us to uh, give it the postmortem, the postmortem, that too, uh, obituary, however you want to say it. So, guys, let's start off with just big picture thoughts, general generalizations on uh, on all things hounds. Yeah, you're always good to start off these uh, Mao High Sky thoughts and concepts so uh what's going to be your overarching thought of the 2022 river rounds a tale of a team not being able to put it together enough times for long enough remember when we first started was we were we were sky high it was so hot we were five or six and no team was clicking and it was a long bad period we figured it out again and then we weren't looking too good entering the postseason up and down and a couple games here and there would would have made the regular season m- much more positive postseason much more optimistic uh, so like c plus b minus fair enough Storino, when you think back this season what's uh what's gonna be the first thing that pops in your head uh, what kind of difference Dos Santos possibly could have made had he stayed healthy in the entire season? I think he would have been a pretty key piece to us possibly going further in the playoffs um, and possibly not having that weird stretch of games at the very end where we just couldn't put things together. So I think Dos Santos, I think there's a question mark there of what could we have accomplished if he would have been healthy? Logan, what are your thoughts? 2019, obviously biased out there, the best team in the league, early playoff exit. So as these guys said, coming down the stretch, they limped into the playoffs, thought that was kind of uh, some good juju from 2019, maybe, you know. And then we went in Birmingham by, you know, the skin of the teeth and thought maybe we could make a run. And, you know, Aberdequa finishes that ball, you know, 3 nothing. you know, maybe we're, we're talking different. But that's really the, uh, the summation of the season, what these guys said. Um, but Unfortunately, I think it was just the missed chances. Um, really, it's just the way to summarize the season on, on every every facet. Seth, everyone being a little little pessimistic on the year. You got uh, anything to, to help bring the the mood up, or are you riding that same nope. wave? I'm exactly in the same spot as the other guys. I mean, it just the way they started the season off after probably first month and a half of the season, you thought you know championship or bust, and then the summer months hit and it was just like, are we even a playoff team? And if we do make the playoffs, what can we even do? And it, it it's really tough in a playoff based system when you make it to the conference semifinals like that to be negative entirely. But at the same time, it's like, can we please get past Louisville? Can we get past the Eastern Conference semifinals? I feel like it just leaves this like doom and gloom mindset over us for the next 
four months. Vesti, can you can you cheer this this room up at all or, or not at all? What you got? Uh, I I mean I told you like I think last time I was on this show I kind of checked out of the season so I'm not gonna have much positive thoughts. Um, just really missed opportunities and um, kind of shockingly bad defense for what we expected the last few years. Yeah, uh, for me, this this team was consistently inconsistent, just nonstop. Just looking back through the season now, you have a a six game unbeaten streak to start the year, and then they lose three out of the next four. Uh, then they win a couple. That first loss at Tampa. Uh, once June hits. They go from May 28th to June 25th. They go uh, they go a full month. Uh, well, even go May 21st through through the end of June. They they pick up two points in six matches. Turn the calendar to July. They go undefeated for seven, uh, and then they get choppy once August hits, and they basically run this run this streak of win draw loss. Uh, September turns a little ugly. And then they get into October, and that's how they, they worked their way into the postseason. This team was it was just consistently inconsistent. The goals went hot and cold. The defense would look great for a while and then and turn off. Uh, and the midfield would be effective and, and then at times be a source of frustration. And of all the Lily teams... To me, this was the most inconsistent of the Lily teams. Um, even though every year there would always be this little pocket of uh, uh, of bad form, but it happens when you play you know thirty plus matches a year. But this year was just consistently not the A game week in week out uh, for sure. But that leads me to the question. Uh, I asked you guys to kind of form this thought before we start recording. And the question is this. Did the 2022 Riverhounds take a step forward, take a step backwards, or stay neutral um, from, let's say, either last year or just all the little years going into into this year? Uh, Logan, start with you. Forward, backwards, or stay the same? It's a tough question because I think you can answer it on multiple different facets. And it's, it, did they take a step backwards, forward, stay the same in tones of the league? Maybe a little bit backwards, maybe stayed the same. You saw some teams who, since they come into the league, like Memphis, probably been not very good, be very good this year and really jump downs. And every time, you know, we'll throw out the, the first game that they played, but Memphis came down in August, they absolutely boat raced the Hounds. So maybe in terms of the league, they fell off a little bit, took a step backwards. And I think it's hard to, to say yes or no, uh, or, or forward or backwards, rather, just because there's so much turnover and the teams look so different and it was such a different team. Um, you know, you'd never seen Bob make, uh, air quotes, big name signing, and he brings in Dane Kelly. You have five really good forwards, and there's all this hype around the season. Um, it was a different year. Maybe they took a step to the side. I guess that that's appropriate, but 
I don't think I have an opinion. I don't think it was backwards. Um, I think, you know, anytime you put a team out on the field and play a competitive game, you learn things about yourself. You learn things about the team. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think saying, you know, took a step forward is appropriate either. That's a really like long-winded non-answer you gave there. Yeah, I really came back to absolutely nothing, didn't I? Yeah, so we're just going to put you in the neutral category is how I'm, I'm marking this one down. <laughs> yeah, do you have uh, a more substantial answer than Logan? Uh, my gut says backwards because I don't really feel like 2020 was a, was a long enough season. It was too weird to really give a good answer on that, and 2021 was uh, grade incomplete. Um, so I'm, i got to go all the way back in my head to 2019 for comparison, and that's obviously a big step back. Seth, you were mentioning... I had a, I had a lot uh, of those in high school, yeah. What, incompletes? Yeah, great incompletes. Yeah. Sorry, it's still working out for you at this day. Yeah. Seth, where do you stand on this? All right, I'm going to be extremely negative tonight, apparently. And I'm going to go in the step back category. I think if you look at the roster compiled coming into this season, there's no way this team should have theoretically finished fifth place in the East. I think if you look at roster quality and kind of put piecing together the chemistry that from last year and the year before, and even going back to, I guess like with the, I know the teams completely changed over from 19, but even from that high point of 19, as far as that being the quote unquote good days, I think that this year really feels like they underachieved uh, as far as being finishing fifth in the East and then uh, to not make it past the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I'm going to go step backwards as well on this. And I think a lot of this comes down to how, how much stock you want to put into the, the playoffs, the postseason. Um, I personally, I'm going to kind of be a traditionalist and, and mark both those games down as draws. And then you go to the more or less coin flip of, of spot kicks. But to me, this is a team that on paper was probably stronger than, than last year's team. And again, the highly inconsistent, losing both games to the battery with a first year coach who did not make it out. He did not make it the entire 34 games. Uh, I mean, not just lost to, but, but fucking embarrassed by the Charleston battery. Uh, a team even worse than the battery was the uh, New Jersey Red Bulls. And you're up two goals at home against them and, and you have to settle for a draw. Some of these just some of these performances like this were, were just really fucking poor. And you take some of the, the uh, away form, uh, going out to Vegas and dropping a game there. Um, to me, this team lacked a killer instinct that you would see with other Bob teams where if, um, you got up two goals, that game was over. And it did not happen this year. It didn't happen against Red Bulls, and then clearly it didn't happen in the last game of the year at Louisville. So... What on paper is probably a stronger roster than last year uh, didn't. They didn't close out games, and they 
to me, took long stretches of the season off. Um, and I, to me, it's, it's a step backwards. Uh, the league is getting stronger every year. And if you stay the same, you're probably falling back. And then if you actually, in your own, compared to the previous year, you actually take a step back, that means you're probably taking an even greater step back as the league progresses forward. Storino, where are you at on this? Uh, more of the same of what you guys were saying. I'm kind of falling in the neutral to negative standpoint. Um, I think if you look back to last year's roster and if you look at a player like Luis Perez, who could have probably made a comeback to the Hounds versus dropping down a league to Tucson, I think that guy might have been a difference maker. I don't know if any of you guys followed him at all um, with Tucson. I kind of casually did. I mean, he ended up blossoming to probably the best player on that entire roster. Um I don't know if he would have been the difference maker, but you look at that and you look at somebody like uh, Jordan Dover, who was always a crowd favorite too. You bring two guys like that back and we would have had a really strong team. Um, But yeah, more the same. I'd say the neutral to negative uh, standpoint on this. Yeah, man, I forgot about, I mean, Perez, I kept track of in the first couple months. I did that with a lot of the, the former hounds. And I just stopped doing that. And he, damn it, yeah. I mean, because that was one that that was kind of the name that we all shook our head at, and with that, that option's not picked up, right? Um, and we'll kind of get into that question as it pertains, pertains to the twenty-two hounds. But <sighs> Vesty, uh, forwards, backwards, stayed the same. Uh, I'd say step backwards. Um, I think a lot a lot of it's probably just mentality. Uh, I think you touched on that a little bit earlier that there with the the two losing streaks, they just seemed absolutely lost and didn't know what to do. And towards the end of the season, it, it, you got the sense that some of them may have checked out kind of like how I was because they were checking out. Like they were just showing up to collect a paycheck. they weren't they, their heart wasn't in it for some reason. And that just, you know, when you when the mentality is not there, it just it, it spills over to everything else. You're not getting your results, um, and the fans start grumbling. So there are other areas where we, I think, we actually st- made a step forward. That I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit, but not on the field. Um, definitely a step backwards from what we were used to. Yeah, and the mentality thing is interesting. I think I brought this up on a previous show. Maybe I didn't, or it was just. Maybe us chit-chatting before hitting record. But this team, to me, did not have a a Earl's Kerr-Vincent type guy that would, I mean, just absolutely lay it out there every week uh, for the club. Like, there just wasn't that, that absolutely ruthless character it just that that person didn't exist on the club and then when some of these losing streaks came came to be i mean who's the guy in the locker room you know grabbing guys by the collar and and setting setting the tone to to change either the attitude or the the intensity level i just i don't think that person existed uh if it i think he existed i think he sat the bench for 70 percent of the years i think it was toby sibbs I don't know about grabbing guys in the locker room, but I think energy level, every time the dude touched the field, he was absolute dynamite. I mean, look at all the times. I mean, the Miami game, you know, he, you know, Russ takes one off his line, you know, Oakland, every time the dude touched the field, he was absolutely electric and the team played 
considerably better. Uh, and he sat sat the bench. I mean, he started what maybe five games, if that Something appeared, like that. maybe ten, maybe ten. I mean, there's a chance he, um, he becomes that guy, but is it's hard to to be that guy when you're not getting the minutes in your your rookie. You can have that that add to, but it's it's hard. You know, how many guys are going to follow your lead when you're, as you said, you're 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 sitting a lot of time on the bench. Now, could he become that guy? I absolutely, for sure. I feel like you you would want one of your returning players to be that guy, but you know, somebody who's been around for a while. But it didn't seem like anybody really stepped up. Maybe Danny Griffin, but um, you know, a lot of times when you when you want that guy to that's going to drag the rest of the team. By the the shirt collar through through a game, um, you know, typically that's here to be your captain. Like Kerr was that for a few years, and, and I wonder not to knock. I mean, we all love Forbes and stuff, but he he seems like a very quiet captain. I wonder if he he doesn't have that sort of fire to 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 get the rest of the team going. Yeah, and I don't want to you know question that because you don't you don't see what's in locker room. You don't see what. What happens on the train ground? But he seems almost like the the you lead by example type thing, um, because it, it doesn't come off as uh, kind of rally the troops, hurrah hurrah, or do do those type of things. It just seems to be just as he as he carries himself day to day is is how he sets the example. Uh, yeah. The, do you think that part was missing from from this roster, or, or maybe we're just overvaluing what that should or could be? And the question to be again: the, the, that guy, that guy. The, I think Vincent I think Kerr, that guy Earl is. Guy. I think that guy is uh, on his way. I actually have hopes that uh, Mr. Wheats might become that individual. Um, but I do think we need somebody of that like intensity in your face attitude. It helps to keep the team in check, especially because it's 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 a long season. Sometimes there are going to be dry spells on the team, and you know we're not going to win every game. You need a dude to fire you back up every now and then. Starina, your eyes popped when the Shane Weiss name got dropped. There, thoughts? It, they did. Um, I just I'm. I'm you know, from start to finish of this pod, from when we started early in this season, we were ready to just, you know, throw the guy out of the wolves, and now we're calling him the next <laughs> Vincent or Kerr. So it's just crazy to see that come full circles really all. Don, I don't think it's going to be like the next all-star that is going to be on the all-league team. I just think in terms of attitude and intensity. Oh, I'm here for it. I, I would love yeah. to see that. A Denny Earls type character. Yeah. And also, yeah, I totally wanted to run him out to begin the year. I was shocked he came back, but here I am. Are you ready to run him out now? or No. Because, I mean, talk about a guy that had month-long stretches where he was he was beloved, and then, I mean, everyone was kind of kneecapping him the next month. Um, yeah, the, the guy ran hot and cold for, at least to me, he did. Um, I thought he ran hotter than, than he did cold. I mean, I was never in the throw the bum out category stuff, but uh, he definitely, you know, came in um, on peaks and valleys. Seth, uh, the the strong character leadership guy uh, on this team, missing from this team, or where are you at? 
I absolutely think it was missing. Um, I, I also, I, I wonder if the lack of experience in Jamali Waite was kind of a negative at the uh, throughout the season, but um, it, mainly as far as like the maintaining of leads goes. Uh, I think you really need to have as a as a keeper you have to have that strong personality to really be pumping guys up you know uh, something goes wrong somebody misses assignment and marking uh to be kind of in somebody's face on that next corner like letting them know hey we really needed you there and you didn't come through uh so i'm hoping that that's something that as a true rookie professional uh he's just working himself into and is kind of learning how to manage the team around him in that piece. Um, but I, I, I could see a wheat, you know, like, like Joe Greenspan, like, I think he was a high energy kind of guy who was always, you know, always out there yelling, <clears throat> really kind of wearing his uh, emotions on his sleeve. I could see wheat being that type of, contributor on the back line um i i think it kind of sucks that kenny isn't more of a vocal leader uh he's obviously the guy with the most experience around bob um so if there's anybody that's going to be that like hey this is what bob is looking for from us <clears throat> it should be kenny um and i i do feel like he kind of Wears the armband, but doesn't necessarily follow through with the actions necessary to really like stand out as the club captain. The weight thing I I find interesting, um, and there's probably a lot of truth to it. Um, especially, I mean, you take the goalie position in general; it was all. You take two or three games. The next guy takes two or three games. It took uh, over half the season, half the season, something like that, to really install weight as the the clear number one. Could a lot of that of these inconsistent performances be the lack of a consistent goalkeeper backline pairing? Uh, I mean, Vest, do you think there's any truth in that, or or it was worth? chopping and changing to define what fit best? Uh, I think it's a bit of a, a, a scapegoat to say that was um, I mean, the main problem. Uh, if you look at a lot of those goals, especially the late goals, it was a purely defensive breakdown of like two guys marking one guy and leaving the, the third open or whatever. Or, or Honestly, towards the end of the season, some of them just stopped. It, like, it seemed like they were tired because they weren't getting subbed out. Uh, you know, because our roster depth maybe was not as deep as we thought, and they literally wasn't switching um, or wasn't subbing in defenders much. And I don't think, I don't think it really matters who was in goal. Like those goals are going to go in anyways. And and honestly, weight was probably the best bet with how well um, he was making some stops earlier or throughout the year. Um, it kind of reminded me of um, some of the stuff that Danny did last year. Maybe uh, not quite as you know edge of the box like Danny did a lot, but um, still in that vein. Yeah, Logan, we were talking about you know all that roster depth or, or apparent roster depth, and then how 
defensively maybe there was hesitation to make changes, substitutions, or, or you know, I guess where did this team's defensive depth compare to what the expectation expectation in your mind was from the beginning of the season? Was it was it there? Was it the drop off too much when you get went to the bench or or where yet? Wasn't really the bench. I think it was guys that we. It was kind of guys we didn't really think much of or didn't really know a lot of. Didn't you know they played well? I thought Robbie Dambrot for the two games he played played well. Shane Wheat had a good year. Um, I feel like there's one more. Uh, DeSantos, Serena mentioned if he stays healthy, he was a good addition. But the guys they brought back um, with Williams and, and Peters, uh, they were were highly disappointing this year. Um, along with, with some other guys. So I don't think it was so much the the depth was the problem. I think it was the guys that we wanted to count on, like Seth brought up Joe Greenspan, the, the guys we wanted to really anchor that defense uh, weren't weren't there and, and uh, you know, didn't didn't really show up at times. And unfortunately, they were both our center backs too. It's yeah. not like, you know, a winger and a center back <laughs> was bad. It was all the middle of the field. Then the one name that, that doesn't get brought up there, in though I think he... Maybe not the most curious person on the back line because Shane Wheat got all all that kind of attention. But uh, the pit freshman Arturo Ordonez, um, Storino, where he he's a guy that just ate up minutes left and right and was solid. And then when he had a, a bad uh, mismarking or losing a guy, it usually got really bad. Where does Arturo Ordonez? Uh, fit into your memory of the season? Uh, I think exactly like you said. I think he um, kind of went in there and did his job as expected. Um, but whenever he made a mistake, it was pretty blatantly apparent and uh, definitely not good. But I would say more often than not, that guy just kind of was plug and play and you know did a solid job. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think next year he'll come back. Um you know, hopefully sharpen up a little bit and uh, actually turn out to be a really good player for us, personally. Moving up up the midfield, uh, the big surprise acquisition in the middle of the year was Robbie Mertz uh, coming back home uh, for a transfer from, from Hotlanta, too. And at the time, I think a lot of us were thinking this was going to be a, like an excess of riches. If there's a, you know, a position that didn't need an additional acquisition. It was not in the, the midfield or the, especially like the attacking midfield. Yak, uh, what's your thoughts on, on the Mertz uh, acquisition and, and the performance for the second half of the season? Mertz was, I would say, an improvement off of the midfielders that we had that would have played if he never showed up. I think Mertz had himself a, a better than solid half a year here, and he looked good at postseason time when it counted the most. Um, but that was also where we were probably um, the deepest. There are players like Luis Agudo, who I really like, basically disappeared once uh, Mertz was signed. Um, others like Angelo Kelly's minutes were reduced. So like, I just, it was an improvement, but not where we needed the most help. Seth, was... was- I mean, there's no way of knowing you know it was Mertz or we we go and get this person in this position somewhere else. It was just maybe just a matter of convenience that that guy 
was made available to come back home or anything like that. But was Mertz the a a fine enough addition to to the attacking midfield core? I don't think the midfield ever became the dynamic engine room that I was expecting it to. Um, and I, I think that's uh, kind of hard to fathom at this point because, like, I'm just looking at, like, the FOT Mob uh, player rankings for the season and our top three, Kenny about 7.5, Danny Griffin 7.36, and Robbie Mertz at 7.31 in his time in Pittsburgh uh, back. So I, I, it's hard, I feel like it's really, like, hard to be like, oh, wow, like, he wasn't the spark plug that I think that that middle three should have became when they actually all, all three were very solid. So I, I don't think adding um, a above average uh, USL championship midfielder like Robbie is going to take you from being a contender to all, all out championship favorite. Uh, so I, I guess he kind of he he checked all the boxes as far as what he needed to do, but it wasn't maybe my uh, my fandom got the best of me when I was thinking about what I expected from him. Then the other midseason acquisition was uh, Edward Kizza, Eddie Kizza, uh, now quasi Hounds legend after popping in two goals in Birmingham, but he joined a. a a forward core with uh, Dequa and Dan Kelly, Russ Cicerone, uh, Vesti. Wh- what were your thoughts on on kind of the the depth of attackers that we had? And I guess what I'll put it pretty frankly: what was the bigger surprise to you the the emergence or reemergence of, of Albert Dequa as a guy that could pop in goals, or the the disappearance of Dan Kelly. Uh, I'll just start with that last one and say the disappearance of Dan Kelly. Uh, you know, it was very hyped going into the season. He started started incredibly hot with like what six goals in seven games or something like crazy like that. And you know, we we thought we had this guy that was going to run away with the golden boot as advertised, and then he just fell off the face of the earth in the last half of the season and didn't even make the bench in the last handful of games. It's, um, you know, we had cases in the past of uh, signing veterans too much fanfare and then they just didn't really do anything. Um, this wasn't quite that because he actually did something at the beginning of the year, but it, towards the end of the year, it was kind of shades of... Um, of uh, I'm from blanking on names because it's been a while since we... We fell in that trap, but um, you know, blanking on those veterans to come in and just kind of cut their paycheck and head out. So him disappearing was was really shocking, and the his his goal scoring at the beginning of the year is what we really needed at the end of the year. Since we every time we got in the box, our feet turned into cinder blocks. We couldn't do anything. Uh, the rest of the guys, I think they they played pretty much as expected. Uh, I I thought Dequa was just a continuation of the previous year. Cicerone slid a bit at the beginning of the year, but the second half he he he's back in form. And Kizza was when we when we first signed him or, or he was loaned to us, I thought he was kind of like another Dequa and 
uh, for the most part, I think he, he, he fit that mold. And fortunately for us, uh, he had a chip on his shoulder come playoff time since he found out his, his contract with New England wasn't getting picked up and it paid off for us in that playoff game. Um, so when he's fired up, he's, he's pretty good. Maybe we have to get him next year and get him fired up all season. And Steve, looking at the, just the whole collection of forwards we had and then the one we, we picked up, uh, I mean, was it as expected? They really did, to me, run run hot and cold, but and they took turns of, of who was going to be the guy to, to score the goals. But looking back to two weeks before the season and all the hype around it, was it did it meet expectations in the hype or left a little bit more to be desired? Definitely more to be desired. I mean, before the season started, we were so hyped on the Dan Kelly signing, and then he was completely non-existent for the back half of the season. Um, yeah, more or less everything the other guys said. Would like to see a uh, secret weapon of actually, you know, become something throughout the season. I know that was uh, Logan's boy. I would have liked to have seen that prediction of any predictions probably come true. Yeah, I mean, uh, going through all those names, the fact that, that Willie Egan wasn't even, I didn't even think to include him in that group, uh, I it's guess kind of speaks for itself. Um, Logan, give us your Willie Egan thoughts since you were – you were you were riding that train as hard as possible. Uh, um, I I I didn't like how he played soccer. Um, <laughs> uh, when he he got in for the Maryland game, he looked incredibly lost. Um, for that Open Cup game, was was he was like the kid on the on the U12 team that they let in when you're blowing out a team to run up top, um, chasing down the ball, chasing down the goalie, stuff like that. Um, didn't play a lot, and then uh, looked. Somewhat lost in, uh, in a little bit of that that Birmingham game, and he got in, but I guess found his found his way for the uh, the nice ball across the six that, that tied it up. But um, yeah, looked looked lost most of the year, uh, unfortunately. Um, maybe that's just not enough minutes or, or what it is. But good on him for for sticking through it, and it worked out. You know, got minutes when it counted. You know, how many nights was he not even dressed? Um, so good for him for coming to practice every day and and putting in the effort to, to see it out through whole season and, and reap some benefits there at the end. That was very diplomatic of you. I like that. That's nice. Guys, is there anyone, any other names you want to throw out there with final thoughts before we, we finally go into the, all these preseason predictions we did just before the season kicked off and we could see how bad and or possibly good we did with these predictions. Any, any other names you want to throw out there? Um, we didn't even talk about like the wingers. I was being the swingers. I was, I was, I was, Seth, this is a PG show. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Did you even notice how I quickly kind of transitioned from from keeper to mid defender, midfield to strikers? I just kind of went all up there. Seth, get what would you like to say on 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 the wing play? I mean, Russ scores fifteen. What what uh, Alex Dixon? I mean, he what he finish with? He had. Seven, uh, I think only four. God, that seems like a real fall off for him. I mean, I I think of the wingers, Russ was the class. Uh, kind of shocked he didn't get even like a bench spot for like second team or something like that, putting away fifteen. Uh, I I think like I think those were the two that I had the most hype for this season 
was to really see what they were able to in their uh, second years back with the club to see what they'd be able to put together. And I think, I think Russ came through as, uh, as we kind of expected. And I think uh, it was a step back for Alex Dixon this year. Yeah. I think sadly the the Dixon uh, taking a step back is, is true. Even though I always thought the Hounds played stronger when he was on the field than he, when he didn't, even if he wasn't directly contributing, the team was just better. But in terms of, of, you know, hard, um, substantive production, it, it definitely took a step back. Um, yeah, real shame. But guys, it is now time. Uh, I'm holding some, some sheets of paper I've had for the past six months. Right before the season started, we took uh, we did 17 questions uh, with predictions of how the year was going to go, and it's time to actually uh, check the receipts and see how everyone did. So, ready to eat some crow? Oh yeah, accountability, baby. Yeah. So it was myself, Storino, Logan, and Vesti, the ones answering these questions. So when we get to the more subjective stuff, uh, Yak and Seth are going to be the arbiters to decide what was. Or the good answers or the bad answers. Maybe they're all good, maybe they're all bad, but they will be the ones who, who get to decide that. And uh, we will keep track and we'll see how this goes. So, <clears throat> uh, question one, and I'm, I don't think we kept a, a strong watch on this, but I, I feel fairly confident that the answer is no. But the longest uh, home post-match Bob Lilly huddle was over under 30 minutes. Uh, does anyone else remember anything that might have come close to a half hour? Because I don't. Wasn't there one game that. where it was out there like 45 minutes? Or was, was that it? Was that there last was one, year? Yeah. No, there was one this year that he was out there for a good, a good chunk. So are we going to say sure, there was we did over? clean everything up? Yeah, I would say there was an over. We cleaned up and we were all still standing around for a good. And I want to say, I want to say Open Cup. I want to say Maryland. He kept him for a pretty decent amount of time, dude. Because they played like I remember the one game. I think it was Open Cup Maryland. They played Chelsea Dagger. They played like two or three more songs, and th- and then he still like was not anywhere close to to being done. All right, so if we're gonna mark it as an over, we're, we're fairly uh, sure it's over. All even right. if we can't mark it down for sure. Yeah, if you guys are all saying we'll go with it, which is fine because I had the over. As did Logan Vesti. Starina, you're gonna take the X on this one. You took the under. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. All man. right. I got my notepad out. I'm keeping score. So it's one for Yost, one for Vesti, and one for Logan. Yes. Uh, The question two, the 2022 version of Jaleel Asani or Casey Bartlett-Scott, i.e. the guy that gets less than 90 minutes on the season across all competitions. Um, Seth, Yak, is there someone you want to put in that category? I I'm sorry. What were the names that you were saying as uh, Jal- comparisons? Jaleel Asani or a Casey Bartlett Scott? Man, those are some names. Okay. Well, what are we looking at? Less than 90 minutes for the year? Yes. I mean, there's a guy who got super, super, super close. Actually, it's probably two. What names are you thinking of? Because my first thought was no one actually qualifies for this. Technically, no. Uh, it was either... E. Yang or Jesse Williams? Remember him? Yeah, I do. Ooh, Jesse Williams is a good one. I remember I mean, him Vosvik, mostly because he, he also tweets a lot. Minutes. 
Does he tweet a lot? He does tweet a lot. <laughs> well, well, I'll let you guys say, do it that way. Okay. So, and then pick pick who played the, who played the least. Seth and and Mayak can pick. Uh, so Vesti went Yang. Uh, myself and Serena went Dos Santos, and that was wrong. And then Logan <laughs> went. Um, he went with a really long answer, and I think I wrote down as uh, something one one of the new forwards. Dot 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 dot. I was probably just jotting down when I was quick. I'd have to go back and like read the like listen to the audio to figure that out. That's all right. I don't think a forward qualifies anyways. Because I mean, if it's E Yang, he played a lot. So yeah, I think we all we all lose on that. One. I think we're all taking zeros on that. Fair enough. Maybe that that's a good thing. E Yang E Yang was probably close enough that it would have qualified, and then he made playoff magic happen, so he gets the pass. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, question three: Number of clean sheets across all competitions. And someone got this spot on. Uh, I will say I was the low uh, number on seven, and Logan was the high number on sixteen. Starina was close to thirteen, but Vesti got dead on at eleven. Ooh, oh, Vesti well, takes the it. give me the showcase. Vesti takes the points. Eleven guys. Eleven. Eleven. Good call. Ah, uh, question four, and this is where we're going to need our, our judges on here. Uh, the annual oh, here really bad loss. Okay. Um, I have my answer written down. Not literally, but metaphorically in my head. Seth, you got an answer? Yep. Okay. Charleston away. Right? Seth? That's Yeah, that's the uh, one that came to my head. Okay. Well, then uh, no one's going to take it. Because I mean, there was actually probably a ton to pick from. What uh, were the guesses? The guesses. I think mine was Tulsa away, right? There was. Uh, we didn't specify home or away. Uh, myself and Vesti went with the Rio Grande Valley game. Logan went with the New Mexico game, and Serena went Tulsa. Yeah, oh, the only game sure. we lost was RGV. Yes, and we didn't look great loss. in it. So if you guys want to take like a little asterisk point or something, you want to give us like a like a like a two tenths of a point, uh, uh, an honorable mention. Okay. Well, we have, we, have a, we have a scoring change here. We had twelve clean sheets. So who takes it, high or low? On whoa. That? whoa, whoa, where, where whoa, do you get whoa, where do you get twelve whoa, from? Whoa. So we had Louisville zero zero, Charleston zero zero, Indy two nothing, Tulsa one nothing. Indy one nothing. El Paso one nothing. Birmingham one nothing. Atlanta one nothing. Maryland one nothing. Loudon one nothing. And Memphis. That's eleven. All right, I've counted it four times and I've gotten twelve twice and I've gotten eleven twice. I, I'm Can look- someone be be the decisive here. Her foot mob says eleven. Yeah, that's where I was right, getting my we'll eleven. Then all right, all right, all right. Uh, I'm the wrong one. I'm the wrong one. <coughs> Question who gets five. The, who gets the wait? Who gets the points for that last one? What are we doing on that? We're getting honorable mentions for the RGV call. Hold on. Right. I, I actually, points. I think I think Logan might be onto something here. Oh no! Wait, Hold wait. all tickets. One, two. This is making for great podcasting. Let me Three, tell you guys. four, five, six, 
There's an app that counts it for you. Why is there confusion? Yeah, that's what I was using. I just got 12 again. Oh, it's 12. I bet you it didn't count the Open Cup. It didn't count Maryland. Yeah, it's 12. Yes. Woohoo. I'm not crazy. Well, maybe I am, but anyways. Okay. That's we still- had a successful recount. All right. Yeah. You're, I mean, you are right. If you look at it, it, it does categorize it as that's, the championship no, right. season. Okay. So, yeah. so, so, didn't count. so Vesti and Serena both get a point because they were both one away then. All right. Horseshit. Yeah, no. Wow. <laughs> that's hey, what I get for trying to put man. this stuff together 10 minutes before the show starts. Okay. Question five. I didn't expect people to actually fat check this. Question five. The uh, the annual surprise road win. This is also objective. Yes, Did we all stay? Well, I first want to see if uh, Seth and, and Yak have a uh, have an answer. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going to have to say Indy. If we're before the season, I'd say Indy would have been the hardest to win on the road that we did win on the road. Does that check out? Does that make sense? Okay. Well, here's, here's what we're going to have to – because Vesti answered none. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And then Logan went Sacramento, which that was not a win. Starino no. went Louisville. That was definitely not a win. And I went New Mexico, and that was not a win. So, do you want to give Vesti credit for none, or was there a surprise in there that he just did not pick up? I I think, like, going back now and looking at, like, the final table, the Memphis win to start. Never mind, we were at home. No. No, no, that was was Memphis. Yeah, we were in Memphis. I, so I guess, like, based on if you, like, let the chips fall into place as far as, like, how teams performed over the full season, which is kind of tough because you place these before the season, I, I, I would almost go back to that one all the way back to the first game of the season. I'm going to go to the opposite and say it's because we're looking at foresight, and I feel like not everyone would – if we win at Indy, I don't think we have a good record at Indy. That would have been – that kind of qualifies as a surprising win, even though turns out Indy kind of sucked. So are we giving Vesti a point or not? Mm, let's no. give him half point. He got two half points now, so he got one point. He has a half point in honorable mention. This is the screwiest right. score sheet we can have. <laughs> I hope Logan's still writing all this down. <laughs> I am. I'm giving him I gave him a full point for the uh for the RTV, so he gets no points. But, but look, 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 look. There's going to be fractions, there's gonna be asterisks. <laughs> Vesti's going to win with like 4.2 points. <laughs> Look, we went to Indy game week 23. That was not a surprise at that point that we would beat Indy. Question yeah, six. Yeah, but this is before the season. And I said we wouldn't have any surprises. And we, we, all of our road wins were expected throughout the whole year. But now, but, but if you're going to say, if you're going to use backsight, then you have to look at Memphis and be like, how the hell do we beat them by three on the road? But nobody thought we were going to lose that game. That's true. Year. No, we thought we were going to clobber them before yeah. the season. Oh, boy. Okay, question six. Will we have a chili Only goal this objective. season? Will we have a chili goal this season? The answer was no. It was obviously no. Uh, Vesti and I went no. Get points to those two guys. And uh, Logan and Serena went yes. Nice and easy to the point. Bad. 
Question seven. Which defender will have the most points this season? Assists plus goals. And the correct answer is the aforementioned, always hot topic on the show, Shane Wheat, two goals, two assists. And no one got that right. <laughs> That's not surprising at all. <laughs> Vesti went Robbie Dambrot, which looks strong there for a second. Uh, Logan went... Took the early lead. Went Williams, Starino went Rivera, and I went Jelani Peters, who was second, but... Um, but not first. <clears throat> e. I can't even make a points per game argument for Dan <laughs> Uh How many players will hit the uh, the double digit goal tally? Oh, my favorite question. <laughs> and <laughs> this is where this Logan went bad. five. <laughs> I was being optimistic. All right. <laughs> he went five. Uh, Vesti and Serena both went four, oh. uh, but I got the correct answer at two. We, we, you were all on something. Holy crap. I got it right. I, you did. Congrats, Yos. You did. Yeah. The most negative yeah. person on the podcast got that one right in a abysmal year there, so congrats <laughs> to you, Dan. We were making fun of five at, the, at that time. We were laughing at five. I think if you go back and listen, I named Willie E. Yang as one of the 10, ten goal goals. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, I'm you did. did. Boot him, him from this meeting. Get him out of here. <laughs> uh, question nine. Will anyone hit double-digit goals and assists? And again, the most negative person on the show, me, gets it, yes, gets it correct with a no is when everyone else said yes. We didn't even come and really anyone get close. No, if, no, if you really. had a bunch and of assists, Kelly you didn't. Seven, yeah, there seven. wasn't anyone who uh, who was prolific sorry, on the scoring yeah. and the assists. Who are two double digits? Goal scorers Cicerone and Dequa, right? Yeah, Dequa, yes. yeah, yeah. Cic- Cicerone had six assists. Dequa had four. So Cicerone was closest. Um, Forbes had three goals but eleven assists. Mert had four goals but eleven assists. But I think I, some of those are probably at the that's Atlanta. split with Helena, Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure if that counts. Absolutely not. Oh, qu- oh boy. This one's going to make me sad. Question 10. More penalties awarded or conceded this season? Uh, fuck. Hit the sound. <laughs> what? But like in reverse or something. What? The, what? This this sounder? The. Oh. There we go. There it Hold is. On, let's see if this, this pops up on the mic. That's pretty I good. heard it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we the Hounds were awarded one, um, and they conceded many, many more than one. Uh, and the, what, what was what was that question? Uh, question ten. They actually only conceded no. six. I feel like that's not that conceded high. six. That's not many, many more. Yeah. One is just so bad. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, Log- Vesti went with a draw. Went even on that question. Uh, Logan went awarded. And then Starino and I went uh, conceded. I feel like somebody's running away with this now. Sorry, right, there's plenty of time for me to screw this up. 
Question 11. Average attendance over under 3,800. This is your question 100%. Mm -hmm. Well, so Vesti Logan and Serena went over, and I went under, again, being uh, Mr. Pessimistic. Uh, so I'm very proud of the number I, I put out there as the benchmark at 3,800 because I am calculating the correct average attendance as 3,934. Wow. The overs take it. Wow. I I wasn't on the pod because I was busy before the preseason, but I distinctly remember my thought thinking we were never, ever going to get close to 3,800. And here we were. Yeah, I got, I got 3,934 with uh, 5,100 that last day of the season uh, coming, in, coming in strong. <clears throat> yes. Uh, question next. How far were the Hounds progress in the Open Cup? The correct answer is the third round. And even I, being the pessimistic pessimistic one, uh, went fourth round. Serena went fourth round and hosting. He felt the throw in there. Vesti went the fourth round, and Logan went fifth round. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Logan. I love the optimism. <laughs> no points and there. Don't. Don't forget to mention that Logan said uh, four Eang goal, uh, game winners, too. So, <laughs> uh, The optimism goes from bad to worse on the next question. Will the Hounds have a home playoff game in 2022? Oh. Those were four yeses with Vesti giving oh. yes. Vesti's answer was yes, three exclamation points, first place. <laughs> wow. I don't feel as bad with my stuff now. Yeah, I went a little hard towards the end of the question. <laughs> uh, this can't, we cannot answer this question yet because we have to wait for the, uh, the roster decisions to be made. But the, uh, the new player you'll want, to, you'll want to have his option picked up but won't. Um, actually, you know, let's do this. Um, now that the, the season's over... Uh, let's ask the question again, and we can compare it to what you said before the year. Vesti, first-year player, you want his option to be picked up, but will not. Do I get to know what I said earlier? No, you have to, you have to give your answer first, and we'll compare it with what you said. <laughs> or do you, do you want to hear what you said first? Uh, actually, no, it'd probably be more fun if I, just, if I say it and not know. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, Toby Sims. That'd be dastardly if he does not come back next year. Uh, you said Dan Kelly. <laughs> I think a lot of people might say Dan Kelly. Mm. Uh, Logan, uh, now we've played these games, what answer do you want to throw out there? I 1,000% said Willie Yang. Oh, you definitely uh, said Willie Yang, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh so what's the if it's I I want him but I don't think he's going to come but you back. You want you the shock non-returner uh, of guys who are I like really I, I, re I really think Toby Sims comes back. Uh, Dude, there might be like there's gonna be some anger if some reason he's not back. Uh, maybe I'll I'll say Arturo. I don't really want him back, but I would kind of be shocked if he doesn't come back. That's a fair answer. 
Torino, where are you on this? Uh, Logan took my answer, actually. Um, I, I, I would definitely like to see him back, but it kind of wouldn't shock me if he's not back. But it would shock me also. So, personally, I would like to see him back. Ordonius? That was a very Mi- Michael Scott answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, before the season, you said Kelly Rosales. Okay. And then I went, I did answer Arturo Ordonez before the year. Um, there's just not, I can't think of the guy that I would want back that just won't be back. I mean, just. Uh, I'll say Nathan DeSantis is a good one with a lingering injury. No, uh, that's actually, you know what? Good shout, because you don't know where the injury's at. That's actually a very, that's, that actually is the correct answer at this point. <sighs> Question next. Um, how many different players will score a goal? Ooh. Yeah. I feel like I have a chance at this one. I feel like I, my optimism might pay out here. Your optimism does pay off because you have the correct answer. Yeah. Woohoo. Um, Vesti and I went low. Uh, Vesti went nine. I went ten. Uh, but Starina and Logan got it correct with 14 different players popped into goal this year. Dang. Beautiful. Uh, question 16. Um, and I think we all, yeah, we all got, this was across the board all correct, and it, I think it took us less than six games for this to come true. How many different players will play in net for the Hounds this year? We all said three, and the answer was three. And then, uh, last question. I want to make sure I, I phrase this correctly. Which team above the playoff line will be surprisingly better or worse than the preseason odds imply? And I think we all went, asked the, the question of, of who's going to be better. Vesta, you said Tampa. Logan and Serena went Louisville. I went the Miami. And uh, I'm, you I'm guys went at, first and second, and I, what Miami was seventh. I'm confused here. I'm confused at the premise of the question. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, the, I think I, I wrote down the answers somewhat incomplete. We were getting late in the show, most likely. <laughs> so, do you have the actual like where they were, like what the odds were for those teams pre prior prior to the season? I see. I, I didn't. <sighs> I thought about writing all that stuff down and I didn't. So we're just, we'll make that a wash. Or if you want to give everyone but me a point, uh, both for the fact that they had better answers to me and my record keeping was poor. <laughs> all right. That, and that ends this in a tie between Vesti and Yust. Basically, the two people who are most pessimistic on the year. <laughs> Little I, well, I was optimistic before the year and somehow it still worked out for me. Yeah. But I got make the uh, I mean, and this leads us into the next thing talking about the the reviewing the Hounds twenty twenty two off season, um, not off season but off the field uh, developments. Uh, Three thousand nine hundred thirty four average for the year, uh, pretty pretty solid. Uh, yak. What are your thoughts on how this year went for the Hounds off the field? 
Um, I mean, we, we got to start off with the attendance since you just brought it up. They had four sellouts, I want to say, which they basically had never had in the regular season since they expanded the the uh, the size of the stadium. I think they had three like, and three. I think they had a three game streak going there. There was a there was a streak in the summer where they had a couple in a row. Yeah, for like no reason. Like who the hell was in town to see Tulsa? Especially, I think was one of them. Um, so. Whatever was working then, and in general, like crowds were pretty full this year, um, it's got to be a strong start, you know. Seth, what? Um, locking on for the Hounds this year, uh, not necessarily step forward, step back, or anything like that. But but how would you assess the the club, the organization, off the field this year? Well, I don't think uh, anybody saw a change of club president taking place um, the way it did. But I, I honestly, I think with what we've seen so far uh, out of Jeff Garner, I think it's been, I think it's trending forward. I think, I, I think Jeff's definitely uh, seeming. He, he seems to have a much better idea as far as like the the flash ticket sales, things like that, to kind of drum up some revenue there that should uh, certainly help out. Obviously the new Montour Junction facility is a, uh, that's definitely a huge step forward. Um, I, I mean, I, I think we could talk for hours at length about the infrastructure needs of Highmark stadium and what it needs to do. Uh, we still really haven't seen any improvements there yet, but uh, I, I'll, I'll, be positive and say that the club is trending in the right direction for sustainable growth. Starino, you've been, uh, been at this game for a while. Uh, new president, uh, high, uh, Montour Junction after somewhat, uh, lengthy delays finally opens. Are you, are you high on, on the hounds in terms of off the field things? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty excited for everything that's coming next year. Um, realistically, just kind of piggybacking off everything Seth just said. I mean, I, I did not see a change of president coming, but then to land the guy that we did, I think is pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, just excited to see what, you know, he gets um, or what he gets done with a full season under his belt next season. So, yeah, I mean, all good things. Now, the other part of this uh, off off the field stuff was, a noticeable increase in in price, concessions, tickets, not stuff. Yak yeah, is 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 any of that concerning to you? As as it looks to everything else, the Hounds are doing off the field, or is that just the kind of natural growth of the club? Sorry, um, I was looking at something else. What was, your, what was this question referring to? Uh, just as some prices have gone up uh, related to tickets and concessions and things like that, is everything that the oh. club doing off the field uh, still I'm a doing well as it relates to that? Not, not necessarily about the, the higher prices necessarily, but the fact that I see so many flash sales. I wonder... How many of the people in the, in the seats paid at all? Like, how many are getting freebies from their local academies or local uh, clubs around the city or whatever? Or how many, 
like uh, season ticket holders feel like they're getting not enough value for their season ticket prices, especially because I don't, I imagine our base relative to most of the league is probably pretty small. Yeah. I was actually planning on, on next year. This was on the to-do list was to keep track of the various, uh, sales that, that they do and just compare that to a season ticket in terms of, uh, if you just got season tickets or if you just waited for every week's type of sale or discount or, you know, flash sale or however you want to say it, you know, if you did that every week, would that somehow be less expensive than if you got uh, season tickets? It might be a fun little experiment to run. Uh, I could tell you that, yes, it probably was uh, cheaper to go that route because uh, I won't name the name, but there's somebody that I'm uh, pretty close with that I can tell you that given the amount of freebies that go up in Discord... In, well, forget for, yeah, for, forget people giving away tickets that they have. Just if you bought them from the club every week. Yeah, if you bought them from the club, I would say so. This person attended more games than me and definitely spent less out of pocket. I'll put it that way, I guess. Definitely less out of pocket. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun because I I never click on those for, like the flash sale links, you know, because they advertise one thing. But if you add in the service fees and all that kind of happy bullshit, where does that actually get you? But I guess though, we will we'll run the experiment in, in 2023 if I remember to do it. Kyle, Vesti, uh, been watching this this damn club for as long as any of us. Uh, how are you feeling about the off the off the field growth? Uh, that's probably the only thing I'm positive about this year, uh, or at least at the end of the year. Seeing the stands packed more and more, it's it's great. Seems like a lot more chatter from people outside the Steel Army, which is, you know, as much as we love ourselves, we need that for the team to survive. And then finally getting uh, the Coriopolis slide open up is going to be a big step forward for training and the academy and, and all that jazz. So, um, you know, I think we're definitely making strides in, in all the right areas except for on the field this year. Yeah, I'm uh, it I think it's hard to not be excited where this club has the potential of going. Uh, that facility is going to hopefully be a game changer. I want to this offseason talk to talk to people inside the game. I'm curious cuz everyone talks about how much this facility could could improve the, the, the lot of the hounds in general. I'm curious how much of a change it, it actually is. Um, do How much do players look at things like that when deciding where they want to go uh, for their next contract? Is it something we build up as a bigger deal than it really is, or does it actually play uh, a big part in the decision-making process? Uh, I, I would love to get that answer from, from people uh, working on the on the inside of either you know player contracts or those type of negotiations, uh, guys have been around the the game for a while. I when I when I say it's a big deal, I mean more like for the club in general than like attracting talent for the first team. So like just like revenue for the academy and stuff that's going to flow into the hounds and um. See a, a facility with the Riverhounds logo on it. That's not Highmark Stadium that people are going to see and, and associate and just get their name out more than than just side the dump trucks. 
uh, you know, it's always a plus. No, it looks damn impressive when you drive by it now. And you have the AHN logo on one side. You have that the, the Riverhounds logo and some pretty big letters on the one. And then the Hounds logo on the the other wall, exterior wall facing out. Uh, it looks it looks pretty damn impressive. For sure. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give you a minute or two to to find the Colorado Springs statement so you can you can read it to the people. Um I think they, they deserve to hear it in your in your voice in your cadence, uh, gentlemen. A couple hours ago, Colorado Springs put out a an official statement uh, apologizing on behalf of the officials for uh, their performance on Sunday. Uh, Colorado loss to San Antonio in the Western Final. Uh, will be San Antonio hosting Louisville. Uh, this Sunday for the 2022 USL Championship. Uh, just continuing a string of kind of what the fuck social media posts from Colorado Springs. Again, love it when you guys tell me you're going to lose in advance. This is a little weirder. Yak, are you ready to uh, to read it out there, everyone? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm, uh, check, check, one, two. We would like to apologize, not just to our fans, but fans of the USL Championship or the state of the referees Sunday night. The performance was at best subpar on both sides of the ball. We hope to continue to push the conversation forward and work with the league to try and improve the quality for everyone. Yeah, can we give you the first crack? Your thoughts? State of the referees Sunday night is just an incredible phrase to hear. Oh, my God. Leave it to uh, a team like Colorado Springs, who they're in the West, so we don't think of them much out here. But to be absolute, like, complete pioneers when it comes to just absolutely fantastic team-released Twitter statements. This is the second time they've, like, just blown the doors off of expectations. It's incredible. You got that new stadium, and now they think they're hot shit and can just throw statements out with no regard. At, at, at fucking amazing, absolutely amazing. like it's 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 dumb. It's it's stupid. It, it's not helping anything whatsoever. But in terms of just like uh, giving us some entertainment midweek, leading up to the, especially leading up to the league championship. I'm sure that besides the, the straight fine they're getting for for doing it, the fact that we're a couple days out from the league championship and yeah. We're gonna throw this out there for people to talk about and just put everything in the question. Uh, just f- fucking, just beautiful. Uh, Storino, what what are your thoughts on it? I think it's hysterical, honestly. Uh, Seth, we we never know how how much fines are in this league. Uh, give us your guess. How how much? How big of a check they're gonna have to write for this one? Here's here's my. I'll answer the question, but here here's my like main takeaway on this. Why wait until Tuesday afternoon to release it? Like, if you want to like take down the officials for the performance in a match that was played Sunday night, release this Monday morning. Like, don't sit around and like throw ideas off the chalkboard, see what sticks, and then it like. Four o'clock on Tuesday afternoon, finally decide like, 
okay, this is what we're going with. Um, I, I I don't even know what you could even say is like a fair of fine to assess in a situation like this. I'll, I'll say like two grand. I, I think it'll be a slap on the wrist. I, maybe it, maybe we see that uh, you know like Jeff Reuter or somebody like that says that like at the USL winter meetings they're talking about VAR now that like the two teams are officially gone, quote unquote. Uh, Loudon not part of that group, but maybe maybe this is something that does start to bring up that conversation as far as if you are going to be a USL championship team, you have to have enough cameras to make VAR a real possibility. I did not think yeah. we're gonna go down go down the VAR route. I, I don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell we're seeing VAR in this league anytime soon. Oh, I don't either, but it might might bring it up and i also think yeah. i think the the, the fine is going to be I, again who knows what guy. big is in, in usl's realms but i mean this isn't holding a fucking smoke <laughs> this is taking a dump on all of it like pretty well a record transfer end, fee and a record fine in the same year damn right at the end of the day at the end Better of the day though the the only thing you're hurting is the league quality. Like that's that's where I think that league will probably be pretty passive in whatever they do go with. Like you're just potentially holding back them from spending all the whatever we think the Haji Berry transfers. I saw I've seen anywhere from seven hundred thousand to one point one million. So I I could see him telling, "Hey, you're cutting a check for twenty five grand for that." I think that's not out of the question. My my first thought was fifty. How many more tweets like that or statements, I guess, before we can call them the Cosmos of the USL? Oh, problem is if you if you don't hit them with a big fine, uh, you're, you, I mean, you just if you set the price the of doing that open. low, dude. There's there's enough people in this league they'll they'll cut that check every time if they know what that that's what the going cost is. Are are they troll enough though that if they get like hit with like a twenty grand fine that they like are ha- like selling t shirts with like the quote of the tweet on it or something like that like can they really like, can they double down at this point on it? I think it, there you go. I think that's what you have to do. I think like Colorado and their team store needs to have like just the printout of that tweet on a shirt. <laughs> for sale that's how they can that's how they can make up the 20k i would love uh, if if somehow we it gets leaked how much that that fine is i'd i'd love to know just one because it's absurd to begin with and two just to give us some idea of the the range that this league actually doles out fines in uh it's it's gotta be getting higher because the second time this year they've, they've effectively called out the league and then the league's gotta cut that out if if, if or gonna make it high enough for get them to cut it out. Yeah, I would love. I'd love, or even the league just like leaks it themselves just to send the message or something. Who knows? That'd Did they great. get fined for their their? Uh, We're going to suck later today. Tweet. Are we speculating that they did? Do we know that they did? I have no idea. I don't know. I think they they worded that like just well enough. Not like you you if you read between the lines, they were blaming the league, but. They didn't outright say it like this one did. I wasn't too uh, too worried about what they were trying to 
say between the lines. I was too busy. Um, Placing bets. Yeah, doing other other things with lines. <sighs> Fucking great. Uh, this is the perfect uh, lead into. <laughs> there's the USL Championship game this Sunday. San Antonio hosting Louisville. Hounds lost to uh, San Antonio one nil at basically at the at the death at Highmark Stadium. One of those kind of depressing. Actually, I was pretty pissed off that night. Uh, and then the Hounds go uh, two losses and a draw with with Louisville between the regular season and the playoffs. Seth, start with you. What are your predictions for Sunday night? Uh, let's go San Antonio. Just because I will be even more miserable for the next four months if Lou City takes another title. Storino? Uh, yeah, that's the correct answer. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> is it, is, okay, let me just put it this way. Is anyone jumping on the... On the Louisville train? I don't think they look good in their playoff games. And, and San Antonio has been wiping the floor with everybody. In the way that only San Antonio knows how. All right. There's a stat I saw the other day on the, on the website. Let me... Let San Anto- me okay, sorry, go on. San Antonio had the fewest completed passes um, by a team in a game that won since USL started keeping track of it. I don't think you can guess a number low enough to actually be correct. The answer is 98. What? San Antonio completed 98 passes an entire game uh, and won. How many dribbles did they have then? Oh, I don't know. Um, is the website going to tell me that? I don't, think they, I don't think they keep track of dribbles uh. or touches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we're dealing with. Louisville might have the ball for most of the game, but San Antonio just has a way of counterattacking like nobody else knows how to, and they will obliterate people with the chances they get. Yeah, they, they grind people down. A lot of low-scoring games this year from what I saw. So I, I would, I'd imagine a final would be like kind of like the, the semi there, um, or the, the Western Conference final where it's like one nothing or 2 nothing. Oh my God, wait a minute. <laughs> they did it again. <laughs> they did it twice. The other game had like 97, 96 passes. <laughs> All right. So this is the game. So we're going to, this is going to be highly efficient. This is going to be a beautiful game for a national uh, ESPN audience. This is what well, I'm set to line at a hundred for uh, passes. We gone over under. Uh, I'll go over because they're going to play more than 90 minutes. Yeah, I'm also going over because of that reason. I'll take the under and the and that it, it gets decided in a regular time. Ooh. Ooh. I'm with All right, so, Logan, who do you want to win this game? San Antonio. Sorry, Monterey Bay. Ooh. <laughs> hey. Get out of here. <laughs> So who who That's will win stick. this game? Who will win this game? Uh, San Antonio. I agree with what Vesti said. They're just running people <laughs> over. Louisville looked not. Louisville looked terrible. I mean, like I say, Albert Dequel puts that one away. Three nothing. Louisville is, is done. 
Um, and then I didn't watch the game last week, but looking at the stat sheet, it seemed like neither team really, really dominated. Um, and Louisville popped one in. So I think San Antonio runs over. We even talk about that. Gonna... The, the end of that, uh, uh, that Tampa Louisville game, or, um, forget that. Never mind. That's like a week ago now. <sighs> Never mind. How about, how about this? I want to get everyone's reaction. Cause I saw this in a, a USL discord that I'm subject myself to. Uh, what do you guys think the lowest ticket price to get in the door right now is for Sunday night's game? Uh, are we talking? Uh, I think it's, 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 it, we're talking it's resale, or Geek, so it, it's on Seat Geek. So assuming resale, so it's resale. I think it's got to be low. I, I don't think San Antonio has that big of a boost. I'm gonna go like twelve bucks. Uh, I'm go, gonna go. I'm gonna go fifty-eight. Six, 69 Nice. $84 Whoa. to get in the door right now. Prices yeah. right rules. Ba-da-ba. <laughs> Beakers, check that like an hour before kickoff where those prices go. People paying you to go. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Guys, it was fun. Um... I'm not sure if we actually learned anything, but there's only one way to find out. Serena, what did you learn tonight? Um, that's kind of hard to follow along on Zoom with six other people in there, especially when I can see all of your faces as to what is going on at any given time. Because I never had to work from home, nor have I ever used Zoom up until being on this podcast. So, yeah. Logan. What did we learn tonight? Oh, man. Not very much. No. Learned a bunch. Um, I guess uh, shameless plug for the Steel Army holiday party. Oh, yeah. We should bring that up. There's a holiday uh, party. I learned, weeks. I learned that on December 9th, Friday night, we're going to the Frick Visitor Center. We have been wrong multiple times. I'm corrected. Um, it's what's the address? 727 something other. Stevenson, Robinson, something like that. Peters, something. Um, I'm, clo- I'm, I'm close. I'm close. I'm close. I know I am. Uh, wait. Wait, give me a minute here. On Veep. Jesus Christ. Why you're, okay, while you're doing that, Yak, what did we learn tonight? Wait, um, I got it. It's Reynolds Street. It's Reynolds Street. All right. I was close. Seven, Robertson, two, Reynolds. 7227. Seven. All right. I was pretty close. Uh, but yeah, come on, we're uh, come over, hang out with us. Uh, it's BYOB. We'll, we'll have a bunch of bunch of good food. Get out. It looks like want. there's gonna be a shit ton of food there. Yeah, so come on, bring your friends. You don't have to be a Steel Army member. Uh, you don't have to have any affiliation with the Steel Army. We're, we're not charging this year, so no no cover fee. Uh, no guys are five dollars. Girls are free, like previous years. That was a joke. Uh, so come on over, have a good time. Yeah, yeah. What did we learn? I learned that uh, next year for the preseason pod, I need to keep my optimistic expectations in check. Yes, and not think that we're having five people score double-digit goals. <laughs> Fucking love that. Break them in, baby. <laughs> Seth, what did we learn? Uh, I learned that the uh, Willie Yang jersey I picked up for Logan for Christmas <laughs> is probably the best <laughs> gift I could ever have gotten someone. <laughs> <laughs> Vesty I know a guy who has a pair of shorts he can sell me so that's perfect so. 
<laughs> Probably just apple uh, cider out of this Gatorade bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so are you putting this up on Thursday or, or immediately? Uh, I don't know. What should I do? Is it is it going to change your answer? No, but it depends. It, it just affects uh, how I I say it. Uh, it's going up tonight then. All right. Well, because. Um, you know, gotta keep the pessimism, I guess, going. Uh, in two days on the twelfth, or I'm sorry, the tenth, uh, it is the Edmund Fitzgerald Recognition Day. So get your Gordon Lightfoot going. Damn right. And uh, pour one out. I don't know about the rest of you, but that actually stays on my uh, my calendar every year. Make sure I, I uh, get my annual listen in on that. Oh, uh, I learned that uh, th- that Bob's secret weapon, um, despite. The best intentions of other people here uh, has stayed a secret, and uh, no double digit scores. Uh, if he's not brought back, it will not be a surprise. It will not be a shock to anyone. And uh, I learned that staying pessimistic about the Hounds will lead to uh, preseason prediction glory. Fuck yeah, go me. He was too good for this world. He can go back to playing. Was he? Then wouldn't he play like indoor or something like that? Is that where Bob found him? Uh, something like that. Yeah. He was injury injury rate. He's pretty old. He was also standards old. He'd go back to kicking the shit out of people in indoor. That'd be awesome. For our our roster building episode, we'll have to go scour the indoor all star team for our, our next signing. Yeah. Uh, Dane, Ke- Dane Kelly walks, so William Ian can fly. <laughs> Yeah, so the the next uh, episode, if for the people here who are still listening, ninety minutes into this episode, uh, the next episode will be the roster building. Uh, kind of make our our thoughts on options to pick up and players to try to resign and all that good shit. That'll be the next episode. Uh, but until then, we'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at pghstillarmy at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. On behalf of <sighs> Storino, Logan, Yak, Seth, and Vesti, I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon. Cheers.